the Mutual Audio Network, where relaxation and imagination blend. Listen responsibly. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Here we are from TNT Park with your Chicago Savages facing off against the Kansas City Scalping Redmen. It's a close one. The Savs are down by three with the bases loaded. We've just come off a pitching change where lefty Gordimer Muskhampton was replaced by hibbity-jibbity McBlumkensteinhenge. Up next is J.D. Tuscaloosa, who has not performed well today, or last night, frankly. He's 0 for 3 with a distant, almost painful gaze clouding his usually piercing, dark emerald eyes. But he's got a chance to be the hero here in the bottom of the ninth. Dead. Jesus Christ. Dead. <sighs> Dad. What? You can't ignore me the whole game. I have been so far. Did you listen to it? Yes. Well, what did you think? There's something amiss here, folks. JD is not in the on-deck circle. Dad! Is he injured? That might explain the poor play this afternoon, but to miss an at-bat with the stakes this high? This announcer has never witnessed JD Tuscaloosa shrink from a challenge. Dad! What did you think? Damn it, boy. Can't you see I'm trying to do my job? And I'm trying to do mine. All I've ever wanted is to be like you, to do what you do. I need to know if I'm on the right track, if I'm doing you proud. You want to know the truth? Yes, more than anything. Fine, here's the God's honest truth. I thought you did. JD, what are you doing here? You son of a bastard. Do you know what you've done? Just calm down, Dad, what's going on? Never mind, boy. JD, get back out there and take your at-bat. I don't give a damn about my at-bat. I don't give a damn about baseball. Easy, Julius. Put the gun away. Dad! She gave me the ring back, see? Sheila gave it back! You were too good for her. I don't care! I wanted to get married. I wanted a normal life. Now with you blabbing on the radio, she put two and two together. Oh, you'll find another girl. That's easy. Not this time. She said she's going to the papers. She already got an advance payment from some reporter fella from the TNT Times. My life is ruined. What's his name? I know all those sons of bitches. I'll set it right. It's too late. Come on, Julius. Hey, hey, put the gun down. It's too late. Julius, I love you. I love you too. Dad! Dad's young male lover. Oh, my God. Dad, Dad, what did you think? What did you think? Daddy, what did you think of my show? It is the year and life has lost all meaning. What once was up is down. What once was right is wrong. And those who dare to make a podcast which subversively reanimates the dead art of radio theater are considered dangerous criminal outcasts. Driven into exile, four pungent brigands risk their lives each week to broadcast from a South Seas barge, crudely fashioned from the disintegrating corpse of an ancient titan and several thousand yards of cooking twine to bring you the triumph, the majesty, the sublimity of rude alchemy. All right now, children. Um, I don't want anyone getting frightened. Yes, this story has been a little more intense than I had assumed, but I'm sure the violence and cross-sexuality are, are meant to be uh, allegorical. Y- you know, like a, 
like like the original Grimm's fairy tales or the Bible. I don't know. Let's <clears throat> yeah, let's keep moving forward. This this must all be leading to something, something meaningful. It must. When last we left our feathered, four-legged, and foul-smelling friends, they had just learned of the existence of a magic book, the Bestiary, from Tortoise's ancestors. Now, if only they can get past the Night Watchman and into the Zookeeper's office, they might crack the tome and find its hidden secret, a path to freedom. Why not? Because! I don't know, it's just not something I do. But that's ridiculous, you're a lion! I honestly can't believe we're having this conversation right now. Listen, saying, I'm a lion but I don't maul people is like saying, I'm a tortoise that doesn't have a shell, or I'm a peacock without sick fucking colorful plumage that makes all the peahens damp in their pee pussies. You see what I'm saying? It's not the same thing. I once knew a tortoise without a shell. Tortoise, not now. We called him No Shell Nicky. Tortoise. I don't know what happened to his shell, but that guy just slithered around in agony like 24-7. Jesus Christ. Birds would peck him, and he would just scream and scream. Huh, I miss that guy. Good old Nicky. Lion, are you going to maul the Night Watchman or not? No. <laughs> what happened to you, man? You're supposed to be the king of the jungle. <sighs> I mauled a kid. He was 13 years old. Oh, it was dark. I couldn't see him. He had a ray gun. Looked real enough. You know, when you're a cub, they, they teach you everything about being a lion except how to live with a mistake. Anyway, I just couldn't bring myself to draw my claws at anybody again. Ah. Uh, hey, man, I, I had no idea... Was that the Reginald Vell Johnson monologue from Die Hard? Shut up! Fine, forget it. We'll just have to find some other way to get around the Night Watchman. Nah, that's okay. I'll do it. Do what? Maul the Night Watchman. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> All right, gents, this away. And the night watchman's screams echoed off the cages and walls and plexiglass as the animals stood on their hind legs and cheered in delight. Heavens, this this is okay, okay, okay. Yeah, there, there must be something to this, something behind it, an an, an allegory. Uh, 
something to scare the children, but 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 for a good purpose. You know, like like when my grandmother used to hold my hand over the stove just until my flesh turned red, but not a moment longer. I certainly learned my lesson. Don't bother Pappy during baseball season. Anyway, the animals made it to the door of the zookeeper's office, a place pulsing with dread. Though they were sure the office was empty, they all felt their feathers, hair, and weird little turtle wrinkles pucker at its sight. Still, they were determined to turn the knob and open the door. But how? Uh, <clears throat> Lion? Do you know anyone with opposable thumbs? No, do you? No. Tortoise? Oh, here we go. He's your friend! He is not my friend. You're the only one he'll talk to. Come on, guys, don't make me... Okay, then you turn the knob. You know goddamn well I can't. None of us can. We need him. And so, Tortoise took a quick detour to speak with his cousin, by marriage, who was an ape. An ape married to Tortoise's tortoise cousin, Petunia. Obviously, most of zoo society frowned on interspecies relationships, so Gary, the ape, was an outcast, even after his tortoise wife was taken away by the zookeeper. Hi, Gary. Petunia! Petunia, you back? No, I'm not. Oh, honey, I thought he took you forever. Did he rape you bad? You look terrible. Listen, do you remember where the good bouncy ball is? I've been looking everywhere. I'm not Petunia, Gary. Oh. Sandra? Who the hell is Sandra? Never mind. It's me, Tortoise. Oh, Tortoise. I didn't recognize you all covered in human blood and entrails. Yeah, I had to do a little mauling. Haven't had a chance to shower. I hear ya. I hear ya. I hear ya. I hear you, man. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you pounding any sweet turtle these days? Damn it, Gary. You know I don't want to talk about that with you. Aw, uh, come on, man. You and me are the only ones in here who got the same sexual preference, right? It's not a motherfucking preference for me, Gary. It's my fucking species, you sick fuck. Man, I am so sick of all the speciesism in this fucking shell hole. Sorry, I mean hellhole, Freudian slip, I guess. Just thinking about sweet, tight, little green shell holes. You know what I'm saying, man. Be married to my cousin. Please stop. Ah, oh, Petunia, where'd you go? We only have one chance to get her back. Come with me. And so, Gary opened the zookeeper's office door. Okay, I opened it. Okay. Um, was that it? Yeah. You guys don't need anything else? No. Okay. Hey, you sure? Get the f*** away from us, Gary! And so Gary did. Inside, the zookeeper's office was strangely empty, save for a podium on which sat an enormous book on which shone a beam of pale yellow moonlight. A book? Let's read it. Hey, um, is anybody else really hungry? 
We can't! Okay, why not? I'm starving. When was the last time Underkeeper Terry fed us? Look at the letters. They're all rudish and shit. Oh, right. It's like old-fashioned-y, mystically-languaged. Well, guess we're f***ed. Damn it. I would eat a f***ing dick right now. Hmm. Now that you mention it, I'm pretty hungry myself. I'm a bit peckish myself. Uh, Every time. Every time he says that. All right, all right. Come on. Let's just gank the book and get back to our simulated environments. You mean cages. No, I mean simulated environments. The rebranding of this place is more important than ever after the budget crisis. Oh, you're such a corporate... Hey, hey, just because I actually pay attention to the Monday morning PowerPoints doesn't make me some kind of shill. I just feel like the more we, we care, care, the, the more, more the visitors, visitors will, too. will, too. Yeah. That was from last Monday's key takeaway slide. We don't have time for this. Let's go. So they ganked the book went back to their simulated environments and waited for the tawny owl to tell them what to do next. Where is that tawny owl? Yeah, where is he? We need his advice and guidance. Guidance? I'm gonna eat that motherfucker. I told you. Shh, not now. Tortoise was referring to a comment he had made some years ago when he and Peacock were debating about whether to let Lion into their friend circle, seeing as Lion was a dangerous carnivore. What the hell is that? Oh no, you must have realized the book is missing. Quick, cover it up with grass, mulch, and bits of that weird stuff from the pig's pen that we don't know what it is and whether it's food or some kind of pig litter. Okay, it's covered. It's definitely not food. Here he comes! Uh, Act normal! Roar. Roar. Squawk! Plumage. Plumage. Squawk! Plumage. Hee-haw, hee-haw. What the fuck are you doing? I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what I am. What? Meow, meow. You're You're a tortoise. He's a tortoise, you idiot. He is? (laughs) I always thought he was a turtle. Rivet, rivet, what's the fucking difference anyway? The major difference between the two is that a tortoise dwells on land... Well, turtles live in the water, some or nearly all of the time. He's here. Nobody move. They didn't. The zookeeper, flanked by underkeeper Terry and a very, very mauled night watchman, crept through the simulated environments of our heroes, overturning buckets and fake trees and fake mates. Oh, f***. That was my best fake mate. I'll miss you, Sammy. (laughs) It's short for Samantha. She's studying to be a PA. Oh, shoot. I missed a bit. Yeah, uh, the zookeeper had a shaved sloth draped over his shoulders. The sloth's scary sloth fingers pointing accusingly at any who dared to meet his slothy gaze. This area appears to be clear. On to the reptile hut. Come, Evan. Oh, right, uh... The sloth's name was Evan. Shoot. Duh. Wait, is it, is it still me? Uh, oh, oh, tiddlywigs. <laughs> the zookeeper initiated a zoo-wide moratorium on feedings until the perpetrators came forward or were discovered. 
He also upped the random animal selection from once a day to once an hour until he realized that the level of sexual performance was a bit too much to ask of his already overtaxed peepee. So he cut it down to a more manageable three times a day. Still, this was a lot more animal rape than the zoo was used to, and it took its toll on the psyche of the inhabitants. As the days dragged on, the animals got leaner and longer, hungrier and nastier, smellier and more paranoidier. Also, it wasn't only tortoise who seemed to be forgetting who, or more accurately, what he was. Twill. 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 What the hell are you supposed to be? I'm a penguin, dumbass. Nuh-uh. Penguins are like... Burr, burr, burr. No, they're not. They're like this. I know because I am one. How come it's always birds? Stop appropriating bird culture. Peacock, though much thinner and his gorgeous plumage reduced to a few straggling gray feathers, was still extremely competent of his own species, though he was getting really militant about it. We must secure the existence of our people and a future for pea children, because the beauty of the cock's glorious Aryan plumage must not perish from the earth. As he attempted an awkward bird salute to some great unseen ubercock in the sky, he collapsed on an almost forgotten pile of those those little pellet things that might be food or, or pig litter, or come to think of it, actually the poop of an emu or something. Underneath, the book as he brushed his gnarled skeletal wing across its cover, clearing the last few pellets, he noticed two things. One, his wing had not a single feather left on it, not even a fluff of down. Instead, there was coarse brown hair over top pink flesh. Two, he could read the title of the book, The Bestiary. Hey, <clears throat> hey guys. Didn't we say we couldn't read this thing? But Lion and Tortoise weren't listening. Lion was eating Tortoise, and Tortoise was turtle mauling Lion's face, and they both were getting a weird sexual pleasure from it, though they both were dying. Peacock shrugged and opened the book. He noticed his wing once more, and this time, an odd black marking on it, some sort of, of hooking cross. He looked past it, and saw the same image in the book on the forearm of a man, a man with a shaved head and a grin, holding a little sign with numbers. Intrigued, Peacock turned the page. There was another man. This man was squat and frowning and ancient. A blur beneath became clear. Templeton Terence G. Murder, arson, also suspected in multiple missing persons cases? Hmm. He turned the page again. Picture was a great golden-haired Adonis, handsome and tall, but wrapped tight in a straitjacket. Lester Reginald Q. Murder, kidnapping, known confidence man. As Peacock turned page after page, he recognized them all. Tortoise, the prolific strangler. Lion, the small-time grifter and eventual murderer. Gary the Ape, a violent sexual deviant. Evan the Sloth, 
a guy that used to like to shave his entire body, get greased up with Crisco from head to toe, and take the place of babies in their cribs so the parents would just find this greased up, hairless, and foul-smelling man wearing their baby's onesie and sucking a pacifier. <laughs> you know, I... I mean, that's bad, but it's not that... Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, he killed the babies first. Okay, okay, that's bad. That's bad. Anyway, Peacock finished the book. Only he hadn't learned anything of himself. Dare he flip back to the first page? No. No, I won't. The owl, the tawny owl, he can still help us. There must be hope. Casting his gaze upward to the heavens, he heard the voice of the long-absent tawny owl. Friends, friends, come, the warden is distracted. Now is the time to set the halls awash with the blood of the keepers. Attack! Attack! Ooh! With a vicious crack of his whip, the zookeeper plucked the golden-tongued rabble-rouser from his perch high atop the steel rafters of the prison. He'd landed with a crunch. Solitary confinement for him. But first, scrape him into my office. He shall be my evening's entertainment. As the broken but breathing man was skittered into the zookeeper's office, Peacock let slip one final squawk. Squawk? Ah, my book. There it is. Lovely. Lovely. Did you read my favorite chapter? No. No, please, no! Kachusko. Peter L. No, no. Murder of wife and child. No, no. Also, a neo-Nazi. <clears throat> you should feel bad about that, too. Hmm? Oh, right. No, no. Don't overdo it. Come, my little peacock. My little lion, my jolly tortoise, playtime is over. Here to your feed buckets. You'll want to be well fed and rested for tomorrow when we play in some new skins. With that, a marching phalanx of keepers disrobed the three scrawny men of their furs and shells and feathers, and they sat in the hay and blinked stupidly at one another until the feed buckets arrived. And the warden tiredly strode into his office, put something lovely on his Victrola, and placed the book, The Bestiary, back on the shelf. That's it? The... <laughs> There's no more? No hope? No message? Merely despair and, and pain? I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. I'm putting this thing back on the shelf where... What? The shelf was empty the last time. What are these? What are, what, what are these salacious titles? Double entendres. Murder. Mayhem. This is not what I signed up for.
The Bestiary is brought to you by your childhood friend's funeral. Hmm, it's two hours away. I'd have to take off work. Were we really that close? He didn't invite me to his wedding, which was weird, but he texted me when his son was born. Hmm. He also texted to ask me what I thought of The Green Book, which was really weird because it had been out for a while and it doesn't seem like the kind of movie he'd want to see anyway. Maybe because of Viggo Mortensen? And we'd watched the Lord of the Rings trilogy together in high school? I don't know, but I told him I thought it was good, but not Oscar good, and he never responded. Yeah, I'm not gonna go. Hey, hey you. Yes, you. Yeah. You're one of them, aren't you? I mean, sure, for all intents and purposes, but uh, I'm not like the, the one to talk to like contracts with or anything. Ugh, never mind. You! Yeah? I need to talk about this damn contract. Okay. I hear that, and that is valid. I didn't even say anything yet. Um... Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and refer you to the big guy, because I'll just agree with whatever he says anyway. Ugh, useless. You! You! He wasn't talking about me. Of course he was. You're the big one. No, certainly by height, but not by weight. You can't mean... No. No! I won't speak to him. I won't, I won't! You keep him away! Keep him away! Hey, yeah, you wanted to... You wanted to see me? All right, fine. I don't like you, and you don't like me. No, I, I like you. Oh. Well, I... I don't like this power you have over me. I don't want to do these sorts of things, any of them. These stories, they're... they're disgusting. No, I... I can't... I can't really control that. The other guys do most of the writing. But... You could write stuff. You could. You're talented enough. <laughs> no. No, trust me. It, 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 it doesn't end well. It's driving around in the country till about ten minutes before you have to start recording, fretting about stuff, then texting everyone that you're just not ready. It's just not going to happen. And then at first they respond saying like, oh, is this a joke? <laughs> this is a joke, right? But then they quickly realize, it's not like a slow realization, they quickly realize, no, this isn't a joke. Well, tell them you don't, you don't like it. You want it to be different. You, you want it to be better. Yeah, yeah well, <clears throat> I, I don't. It's, uh, you know, you son of a bitch. All right, well, I, you know, I, I got some chicken tenders back in my room. I'm probably just gonna, just gonna go eat those until they, uh, so they make me do stuff again. No! No! You come back here! No! Uh, hey, yeah, they wanted you to record this, um, intro. That's what we call it, intro thing. Oh, and can you go ahead and do one for, uh, each upcoming year until infinity? I'll be rolling. I'll be rolling! Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> It is the year 2015. Rude Alchemy is Mr. Thomas Hodgkin, Mr. Andrew Kane, Mr. Andy Werner, and Mr. Ryan Whalen. The Bestiary Story by Rude Alchemy with Mr. Kane as lead story editor. This episode written by Mr. Werner and edited by resident sound designer Mr. Michael Hahn. Featuring the voices of Rude Alchemy. Music composed by Mr. Benjamin J. Rob. We're listening to Fred now. Come on. Come on.
Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to support Rude Alchemy and gain access to exclusive bonus content, including blooper reels from every season. Visit rudealchemy.com slash support. <sighs> that is all. Why do you do this? Why do you put up with it? through the Mutual Audio Network. Subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or iHeartRadio today. There's eight different podcasts, one for each day of the week and genre, and the Mutual Audio Network broadcast feed so you don't miss a day of your favorite shows. Subscribe to Mutual Audio tonight. Good night!